Developing the Leader Within is a podcast that focuses on leadership, management, and career development. We nosedive into the areas that are holding you back from your full potential. Let us begin. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Developing the Leader Within podcast. I'm Enrique, and today I'm with Marcus Chan. I've been waiting for a while to speak with this brother about today's topic, which is leadership and sales. First of all, Marcus, congratulations on the achievements on this particular platform on LinkedIn, and also for all the great things that I see coming out from your end about the testimonials and all of that. But before we get into leadership and sales, tell us a little bit about you. All right. So first off, Enrique, thank you so much for having me on, my man. I'm super pumped to talk, about, talk today about leadership, sales, and all the things that tied to that. So uh, just a quick little background on me. Uh, I'm Marcus Shan, founder of Bentley Consulting Group, and I work directly with B2B sales professionals to help them sell and earn an additional fifty dollars to $100,000 more each year and every single year without just working harder. Now, before this, I was actually in corporate America for over 14 years, started from the very bottom outside B2B sales, climbed my way up promote 10 times in 10 years. And in that time, I had the pleasure of obviously selling B2B, but also leading teams, anywhere from size of, you know, three to four people up to over a hundred plus employees in a pretty major organization. So tons of fun. I'm excited to dive in deep about some of the many mistakes I've made in selling and in leadership to hopefully impart potentially some nuggets of wisdom that will help your listeners today. Outstanding. And yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it myself because sales is something that's sometimes made complicated when it doesn't really have to be. Uh, and it's usually relationship based, right? How you see sales in general. So let's talk about that. What 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 is the, the most confusion you see in people when in regards to sales? Well, I think there's a misconception about sales, especially if if you haven't actually done the role before, or maybe you just did for a short time. A lot of people think sales is about, hey, how can I, you know, convince someone? How can I sell them? How can I pitch them? And in our minds, we conjure up images of just really sleazy, no offense, used car sales people, or you can sell that. We, we, can't, we, we just don't have good feelings about it because at one point, you know, we ourselves probably made a bad purchase, got persuaded the wrong way, and we didn't feel good about that, or we see what the media portrays. And, and the truth is, you know, those who are actually in sales, most of them who are truly great selling, don't really pitch that much. They're actually just really good at being great listeners, seeking to understand, asking great questions, and truly solving a problem for that potential prospect or client. So when you kind of make that mental mind shift from, I need to be great at pitching and selling and closing to, hey, how can I really serve the person I'm speaking to? You you have a shift in understanding sales and you realize to really master selling is to really master serving. When you master selling, you're ultimately serving at the highest possible level. I, I love that because, you know, you're talking and I'm envisioning the basket with the rotten apple and there's a lot, of, you know, and there is a perception in terms of those that sell, right? Uh, you know, 
uh, persistent. They don't, you know, they're always, you know, and, and we have those, right? Uh, if you spend any time on LinkedIn, you know, <laughs> there are folks you know. out there that do uh, have a, a misconception themselves about what selling is. And they'll, you know, they'll run it to the ground. I mean, like almost ab- obnoxious, right? To the point of that. Oh, yeah. But but I love how you put it, you know, in, in terms of, hey, you got to be a listener. You got to be a somebody that's building a relationship outside of the ultimate goal, which is, yeah, you, you're in a business to sell, but you're solving a problem. And that is just amazing. Uh, if a, lead, uh, a salesperson can get that through their head uh, mm-hmm. to become the type of person that you've become. So give us a little bit of trajectory for you, you, you corporate America and, and, and all of that. How did you get to the point where you can say, hey, this is really what it is, and this is how I'm going to execute, and this is how I'm going to teach? Yeah, so, you know, what's interesting is, you know, early on, when I first got started in sales, I was actually one of the worst reps. And, you know, the training I was provided was basically a two-inch uh, manual written by people at corporate who had never done the job before. So it, it incurs wrong behaviors, So, which was you come in there, you pitch them. It's a numbers game. You know, it's like make hundreds of calls a day, walk into 100 doors a day. It was very much the very old school mindset. And so early on, I really struggled. And I really stumbled. And eventually, I was able to figure out really what I meant to truly sell effectively and how to truly serve a prospect or customer. And I started just developing some quote, like, you know, foundational pieces to my own process. Now, it wasn't like overnight. It wasn't like even a year or even a couple of years. Like over time, as I had constant trial and error, as I learned, tried, made mistakes, what worked, what didn't work, I didn't realize I was, I was building a little playbook that would actually work. And what, what was really fascinating was, you know, fast forward years later, at this point, I had been promoted a number of times, had built one of the fastest growing operations in the company, and, you know, was leading a, leading a small team. I still didn't really realize how I created a playbook. And I, I thought to myself, you know what, like for me to go next level, I want to go somewhere else. And I got recruited to work for a different company and it was starting back over at a B2B sales role. So it was actually taking a two-step demotion, but I saw, I saw the potential in the upper mobility, the opportunity, the income potential. And I'm like, you know, this is also be a really good opportunity for me to see if what I've learned can apply somewhere else. Cause maybe I got lucky. Like maybe I got really lucky <clears throat> building these operations over the last several years Maybe it's just the industry. Maybe it's just timing. Who knows? So I switched completely different industries. Went to a whole new company and tried again. And was really fortunate. Got promoted within nine months to be the sales leader. Broke a bunch of records. And that was really, really cool. Then I took over the team. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I was able to show I could do it here. But can I teach other people to do it as well? And I was fortunately given the great opportunity to take over the worst team in the company. And this is a Fortune 500 company. So one of the worst teams in the company, I'm like, great. Here's a huge opportunity for me to see, can I train, develop people with my methodology and process to get them similar results? And we were able to. We became one of the best teams in the company within a, within a year and a half. We started producing a lot of high performers, et cetera. I ended up just doing over and over and over. got promoted to be a regional director. And at that point, that was the point when I realized, and at this point now, I had been in my corporate career from graduating about, let's see, that was about nine years. So it took about nine years for me to even feel somewhat confident that my process would work. Now, however, even at that point, though, 
you know, I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm trained tons of people now. I am impacting, you know, lots of people within my company, but maybe in my mind, there was still the imposter syndrome. I'm like, well, could I do this anywhere else though? Maybe I just got lucky with these industries. Like maybe I just got lucky all these years, every single year. Can this really work anywhere else? And it was, what was really interesting was at the same time, this is about 2015. I had some people say, Hey, Marcus, you know, you've been pretty, pretty successful. You should write some books. I'm like, uh, I don't know how to write a book. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna write some eBooks. So I wrote a couple of eBooks, learn how to sell those online. Start making money on the, on the side. I'm like, that's pretty neat. Then I'm like, you know what I should do? is I should build something that would that'd be, that'd be, have more impact, like a digital course. This is before a digital course. Like everyone has a digital course now. But back then, not many people had a digital course. So I invested into a program, learn how to build a digital course. And I'm like, I'm going to build a digital course to basically help past version of me, past Marcus Chan, who started BBC, zero direction, zero support, and building a digital playbook that I could watch and learn and go execute. And I'm like, I'm like, this would be a huge opportunity to be able now to distribute to other industries around the world, different fields, different backgrounds, see, can I still replicate results? And it took me a couple of years to build this out because at that time, I mean, my sales were, I grew to 110 plus employees. I mean, we were doing tons of revenue. I was traveling nonstop. I was in hotel room, like, you know, like at least hundred nights a year. And on my free time, I built out this digital course. Did a very soft launch in early 2019, and people started buying it, which was really cool. But more importantly, people were executing it, and they started getting results. And it, it was just like, it just like, it, it opened up my, like a whole new way of looking at me. I'm like, wow, this does work, not just like, I didn't get lucky. Like, I have learned some foundational things that has been able to apply now to multiple industries, to different people around the world to get them results. And it was at that point, so that if you think about that, so I graduated 2007, it took me pretty much 12 years to get to the point of realizing that what I could do could be scaled, could help other people. Other because at that point, that's when I realized foundationally, I had something in place. And since then, I've refined even that program, that digital part. I mean, over five times now, it's, so it's gotten better than over time. But that was when I realized it, my man. That was when I realized it, it wasn't overnight. It wasn't a year, and it wasn't five years, it was about 12 years for me to realize to the point that I, I had developed a system that could actually replicate results. I love that uh, journey, uh, Marcus. And you mentioned several things in that. We could all <laughs> dive in all day into yeah. that. But there's two things that you mentioned early on. You said servant. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if a salesperson can realize that they are a servant to the person they are selling, right? It, it's a different dynamic 100%. altogether, altogether. 100%. And then you mentioned that you, for the sake of an opportunity, you went somewhere that you had to take two steps back. I love That's that. Right. I love that because not only does it show maturity in, the, in you at that time, and I, uh, we're talking about, you know, 12 years back, nine right. years back when that happened, mm -hmm. um, you chose to have a, tra a, a transition into a position that may have been less in at the aspect of what it is as a position, totally. but you saw the possibility from there. And sometimes people are afraid to right. step back, but you have to be clear on where you're going in order to right. do that. Right. That's so, right. so kudos to you to even get into that position um, and for those of you listening, 
if you're looking at an opportunity right now and you're in sales or you're in leadership and that opportunity looks like it's two steps back, don't worry because your proof will come out. Your, your, your attributes will come out to play. And you mentioned, Hey, within six months, I was in, in a leadership position. You know, they had promoted me, uh, you know, after that. So it, it, it begs to note that just because you step back doesn't mean you're actually stepping back. It's it's oh, almost yeah. like a it's almost like a slingshot. You you have to pull the sling back in order to get some you know trajectory and and distance out of that. And so uh, thank you for sharing that. Now yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I think what's what's key here, if you don't mind me, just you know interjecting yeah, yeah. here. This is where I believe it's. It's like the law of like of gravity, if you will. If you think about this, um, if you want to jump really high, you go down first and then you go up. All right. If you want to, you know, maybe get a better job or whatever, like maybe you have to invest into yourself. So your bank account goes down and then it goes up. And for me, that's how I saw the same same role where. It wasn't just some some like arbitrary. Oh, they're, they're they're showing me something shiny here. I'm like, this is very calculated. I'm like, okay, here's where I am today. I'm point A. I want to get to point B. I believe if I go to this company, yes, I'll take some steps back in my where I'm at, but I will gain skills that'll take me to point C actually. So this company can help me fulfill that gap. It's gonna be a gamble, and I'll tell you right now, Enrique. Everyone told me not to do it. My, my friends, my family, everyone, like, you're going to take an income decrease. You're going to take a role decrease. You're going to take a responsibility decrease. Like, you build a great reputation. What are you doing? And this is, like, a few years after the recession, the, the 2007 recession, 2011 at the time. They're like, we're still, like, the economy is not even that great right now. Why are you making this move? Everybody challenged and questioned me on why I was making the decision. But here's the thing. I was crystal clear on exactly where to go, and I knew exactly where I stood. I also was 100% committed to betting on myself. So I simply, when I made that decision, I jumped in. And here's the really scary part. When I, when I dove right in, I didn't realize this, but when I jumped in, I didn't realize I was joining the worst team in the region, the worst team in the company. And then six months later, my sales manager quit, my director quit, my VP quit. Every single person that hired me quit. And even at the point, I still was like, oh my gosh, like, did I make the right decision? I still, I was questioning myself a little bit. However, I knew I was going to bet on myself 100%. And I was not going to allow failure to be an option. So I was simply going to do the things that no one wanted to do to position myself to have the highest possible win rate. So with these type of things, they are incredibly, incredibly uncomfortable. And I'm glad I went through those things because ultimately, like there's two paths at that point. I could have just folded and tried to go back to my other company or I could have been like kind of lean towards discomfort and gave 100% to see what would happen. I chose to lean towards discomfort because ultimately when you lean towards discomfort, that's where all your growth occurs. And I'm so glad I went that path and don't and trust me. I definitely wavered. I'm like, Ooh, maybe I should. I, I'm not sure if this is right. But I'm, like, you know, I'm like, you know what? This is for the greater good. I committed to my vision. I took massive action. I leaned towards discomfort. And as a result, it paid me dividends in the future. So if you're out there you're thinking about, hey, should I make that potential change, that potential jump? Look at where you're at. Look at where you want to go. Will this, this path you're going to jump onto take you to where you want to go? And remember, if it's uncomfortable, it's probably a really good sign. You probably should do it. 
Absolutely. I, I love that. Uh, you know, it's, it is those pain areas that show you muscle growth, right? When right. you're working out, when you, that muscle hurts, uh, outside oh, yeah. of you actually injuring yourself, but, you know, when that muscle right, hurts, right. It, it tells you, hey, I'm breaking up uh, and, and right. don't worry. Yeah, it's going to linger for a little bit. But next week, you're going to see a little bulkiness. Right. And That's so right. I, I We're love building, it. baby. I, We're building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. And I tell you that when you're talking about uh, calculations and, and for the leaders out there, we're about to transition here into into the leadership section here. But. For the leaders out there listening, you have to be crystal clear. So yes. a, a lot of your fears and a lot of apprehensions are because you're not clear. And right. at that point, yeah, I don't tell you to jump into anything. You got to be clear. I love how you say it was calculated because it takes calculation and you bet on yourself that, hey, look, out of anything you could do, you have to bet on yourself. You have to be grounded on the fact that you know what you're doing and you and you know why you're doing it so right. another congratulations to you for not listening to you know even <laughs> though it was family friends the Ooh, it was hard but that, i did right? though but <laughs> Hell yeah you you made it happen so let's talk about leadership real quick and and, and as we go into this trajectory because some leaders don't believe they are in a sales organization and i'm one of thought that from the time you was born, especially if you're in, if, if, if you're not the first per, uh, kid in the house, if you're the second kid, the first kid is now bargaining and borrowing for attention because the new shiny baby gun came around. And so right. you gotta, you, you develop these sales type of techniques to get the attention of your parents. And so since little, you've been selling. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're in school, you're selling. You're, it's always with you. And so some leaders, though, feel that they are not sellers. And I'm one to teach that you're always selling. You're selling a thought. You're selling a, a mandate. You're selling an execution. You're selling something. So what would you tell leaders that don't believe they're in a sales position? Yeah, so uh, I'll share a little story when I had this aha, because now I'm on the same page. I totally agree with you, right? Because ultimately a sale is influencing another person to part ways with time, money, or resources of some sort. So I remember uh, my very first leadership role. I had fortunate started having success. They say, hey, Marcus, listen, uh, we're going to uh, not give you a promotion. We're going to have you take over another operation. You're a peer to them. Uh, however, you are running the operation and you are responsible for Get the, the two people on your team, the small team, bought into the vision and get them performing. If you do a really good job, we're going to promote you, but we're not going to pay you anymore or do anything else. So this is a, this is a proof to us you are worth it. I'm like, all right. I mean, honestly, they pulled a fast one on me at the time, but I'm like, okay, I'll, I got it. I got it. I got it, boss. I got you. So I remember, um, you know, day one, because uh, I'm a huge nerd, I built this whole like master 30, 60, 90 day plan, highly detailed, highly calculated out. I'm like, this is everything that I've been doing. This is exactly what we're going to do. I built out basically a sales playbook. And uh, day one, I'm like, hey, team, it's like two people, it's small. Like, I'm like, hey, team, I'm like, I know you guys have been doing absolutely terrible. You're one of the worst teams you know, out here, but this is what we're going to do. We're going to do A, B, C, this is my whole strategy. We're going to do this. I'm going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. And I remember looking at their faces after I was like off my off my soapbox. 
And they're just like, they're looking on their faces like this disgust. And they're like, all right. I mean, I could, I had enough, at least emotional intelligence to realize they weren't bought in. And I remember, I remember going home that night and going to uh, my girlfriend, now wife, my girlfriend at the time. I'm like, I don't think my team likes me. <laughs> like, and she's like, well, what do you mean? I explained what happened. She's like, well, yeah, dummy. Like, wow. They're, they're not even bought into you. I'm like, I'm like bought into me. I mean, I was like, but Bill put me in this role. He said, this is, this is my job. They have to listen to me. They have to do what I tell them because I know I don't have the title, but it's my responsibility. Like how else am I going to get promoted? And she, you know, and, and that was, you know, at that time, she might you know, my girlfriend's like, well, do you think they're going to buy into you when you talk like that? I'm like, what do you mean? And that was a, an aha for me, a, a realization that I was so focused on being a selfish, individualistic salesperson that I didn't understand that I needed them to be bought into me. I didn't understand that I needed to get them bought into a vision that really responsibilities, titles, or mandates mean absolutely nothing without the buy-in of my people. So I remember the next day, I, I got to the office early. I cleaned the whole office up, and the, the team came in begrudgingly. I could see it, right? It was winter time, so it's even worse. It's dark out. Everyone's in a bad mood. And I held them. I said, hey, I held them. And I just apologized. I said, hey, listen, like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I think I came, I came in too hot. I came in wrong. And I realized it was all about me. And I realized I know nothing about each of you. I, I, because, I really had not even at this point had not taken the time to truly seek to understand, to understand their, their perspective, where they were coming from, why maybe they thought the branch was performing and what could be done differently. So I came in here hot, like, you know, with all of you trying to just shift them and sell them into, if you will, into my idea. And that was the wrong way of thinking. So I came in and like Stephen Covey says, and, you know, seven highly effective habits of, of effective people seek to understand. So I, I went out there, I sought to understand them, got to understand who they were, what they're about, what extrinsic mo motivates them, what intrinsic motivates them. And I started getting them slowly bought into my vision when I aligned where they wanted to go was the same path to get to where I want to go as well. And once they realized it's the same path to get to hit both all, basically all our goals, they became much more bought in. And at that point, I started realizing I can't just try to convince my team to to basically do what I wanted. I need to influence them. I need to positively influence their behaviors, and that was a really major wake up call for me because as I brought in new people, even if they were external hires, I had that same perspective. I need to serve them first, get to understand them, have them understand for me what I'm like, and get them bought into me. And once they're bought into me. Am I able to tap into their discretionary effort, their intrinsic motivation to leverage them to maximize their own performance? So that was a big turning point for me. And, uh, you know, even throughout the time as leading big, small teams, big teams, I've learned so many lessons. But ultimately, it, the more effective you are being able to influence your team or, you know, quote, quote, sell them, the better your performance can be as a leader, the happier you can be as well. But more importantly, when you, when you, when you do it this way, you will create not just salespeople or employees, you'll create other leaders, other leaders who are willing to do a lot more than just their job description. But I start with understanding how do you effectively influence and sell to your team? That's, uh, that's wonderful to hear that, you know, that aha moment came. Uh, 
I love the influence upon you. You know, your girlfriend at the time, wife yeah. now, you know, how, how plain she saw, how plainly she yeah. saw the situation yeah. playing out. Yeah. But when you're in it, you don't necessarily see it. Totally. So for, for leaders that are out there listening right now, you might not be seeing the full story. So if you're looking at your teams and they're not buying into some of the things that you're telling them, hey, follow Marcus's road there, take a little humble pie, eat some of that, and then go back and say, hey, you know, I may have gotten this wrong here. What can we do collectively to get us on the right track so that then we can implement something that I think is going to help us out uh, as a team. And then I'll kind of let you digest that for a little bit and see how we can do this. That was a wonderful story of how leaders uh, can get from A to C. I, I love how you did that, right? Um, without too much pain. Uh, That's right. You know, so leaders nowadays uh, have, unfortunately, we're people, we're people, right. and we we tend to want to develop on our own. <laughs> we, we don't want to take Marcus's, you know, word for it. We don't want to take right. Enrique's word for it. For some reason or another, we like the pain of, oh, yeah. of going through these things over and over again. So what could you tell a leader that is fighting the urge to you know, take that humility road uh, that that will help influence their teams positively because, you know, there's some apprehension uh, on to the things that we're talking about. Sure. You know, I think one of the most valuable things you can do, and there's really, there's a couple different ways you can go about this, right? Is, is really is seeking feedback first. You know, uh, I like to make decisions based off of facts and not feelings, but be able to still have an objective way of looking at things. So, you know, if you're a leader who's thinking, oh, I got this figured out, you know, Marcus and Enrique, they're full, you know what, you know, whatever. I get it. What I would challenge you if you're thinking that way is go out there and seek some feedback. And I'll recommend a couple different ways. The number one, sitting down one-on-one with every single employee of yours and put them in 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 a comfortable environment where they feel open to give you feedback and seek some feedback. And as asking questions like, hey, what am I doing really well for you? What can I improve? How best can I lead you? What do I do that drives you crazy? What do you want to see more of? What do you want to see less of? How can we be a better leader for you? And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Questions along those lines where they're open-ended. Now, again, you have to put them in a position to feel comfortable giving that feedback. Otherwise, they won't tell you that feedback. If they only tell you what you want to hear, then that becomes a major issue. Number two, what I also recommend as well is it could be a third-party company. It could be a survey monkey is doing an anonymous survey asking very similar questions. And if you in, at this point, you can add in sliding scale questions on a scale one to 10, how would you write blank about me and get that open feedback. And you want to have a large sample size. You can get as many people do as possible. So you have, if you have two people do it, that's not enough data. If you have a team of 10, get at least 50% plus of people to do it. And you're looking for patterns and common things. And when you get that feedback, then you can have some pretty good ideas about what is important to you. And I'll tell you right now, um, even leading teams for years, those are painful to get. 
some stuff you can be like, yep, I knew it. And stuff like, oh, wow, I had no idea. I wonder who this is, but it doesn't really matter. If enough people have said it, that becomes an issue. So I'll give you a real good example. So, um, you know, part of the issue is when you consistently perform at over time, you end up creating biases towards yourself where you just somehow you, you just don't see things the same way and you may over justify certain things. So, for example, one time I got feedback from a rep, just one person, a big team, you know, over 100 employees. One person tells me they're were, they were open. They told me, say, hey, Marcus, I feel like when you come into town, um, you spend more time with the top performers than the, the bottom performers. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, my ego got ahead. Like, okay, whatever. That's good. You're not performing, right? I'm like, just fine. I'm like, you're not performing, of course. You know, you know, <laughs> get better at your job. I'm like, and say, but in my head, I'm like, you know, your ego takes over, right? Like my team's performing. So, um, and I'm like, okay, whatever. And then fast forward, you know, we had, uh, I did a feedback survey and, and there was a couple other people that said the same thing. And that was like an eye opening moment for me because I, I had a choice at that point. I could either number one, continue the ego and not grow or be better. Or number two, I could face the facts that at least a small percentage of people probably felt the same way. So that meant I needed to change my behaviors. Because how I perceive what I was doing was not being perceived the same way by everyone else. And, to, and, those, and those people that I ended up finding out, they were all lower performers. And that's okay. So that made me realize, you know what? That means I need to do some things to create a better perception in their minds and really help them as well. So I made some making shifts. And that was, that was really, really positive. And I was really happy to see that, you know, the next six months later, we did another survey again. And that wasn't even, that wasn't even on there anymore. I'm like, beautiful. So again, it's one of those things where I find as a leader, the more self-awareness you can build is it, it can make you a better version of you. And that's, uh, that's awareness from other people. They share with you the perception from your team below you laterally and above you. And when you can get that full scope of 360 around view, you can become a better version of you by making sure you take in the feedback and grow from it every time you get yeah, that's some solid stuff right there, Marcus. I tell you, you're talking, I'm like, yep, 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 yep. You know, eventually, whether you're in a whatever industry you may be, if you're a leader, you're going to have to sell uh, not just the ideas that you have to execute a mission at your company, but you have to sell, uh, you know, the product that your company has. Some people are effective at it. Some people are not effective at it. I've watched you on LinkedIn and I've watched all your, uh, your comments and I've seen all the posts that you, you, you've become very successful around the topic of sell, selling, right? If somebody wanted to say, you know, Marcus not only got some solid leadership points here, but he also has a solid selling record. If they wanted to get a hold of you, get into one of your programs, maybe have you coach them through or, or, or lead them through a seminar, how would they do that? Super simple, right? So you can either message me on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, my name is easy to find, Marcus Shan, only guys with speakers and tagline, or they can head over to my website, which is sixfiguresalesacademy.com. Those are great places to go. Um, and, and ultimately, what I always tell people as well, and this is like, it's not about in investing into my program, whatever. Um, investing in yourself is one of the most important things you can do as a professional, right? So as a leader or whatever, whether it's investing in the sales, if you're, that, that, that can be key. Or maybe you want to get better at public speaking. 
you know, because it's going to help you communicate better to your team. If you want to learn how to write, write better, whatever it's going to be, doing it up front is going to pay you dividends down the road. So if you're a new leader, invest now. If you've been there in the game for a while, invest now. <laughs> if you've been doing it for a long time, invest now because you can always grow. And the more you have that growth mindset, you will see it actually reflects upon your people now because they see you doing the same thing to become better versions of them. If you yourself are unwilling to grow and develop yourself, your team will become a reflection of that as well. That's a very powerful statement there, Marcus. And I, I've seen that come to play in a lot of people's uh, careers. Uh, and those that took the time to invest in themselves are the ones that got the most dividends out, you know, in the long run. So, uh, first of all, Marcus, thank you for sharing uh, your day with us, your thoughts and your comments around not only sales, but leadership. I really appreciate you taking your time out to speak with us today. For those of you listening, uh, you know, we're going to get a lot of uh, nuggets out of this conversation throughout the next week or so. But uh, Marcus, thank you once again for being with us. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolute pleasure. All right, folks, you know how we like to end this show? Success to you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'd love to hear suggestions for our future shows or any remarks you may have that will help us improve. Until then, success to you.